Welcome to the ministry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good thing we have this routine. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Great. And thank you, uh, Alob, for the intro music, although I would have preferred like the Star Spangled Banner or something like that for this one. Oh, for this one. Why, why would you prefer that for this one, Chris? <laughs> because I'm feeling patriotic, Matteo. I'm feeling very patriotic. Today, See how I, I leaned into your segue that time instead of just making fun of you like in the beginning of it? Yeah, you don't belittle me as much. How? Uh, what, a, what a great <laughs> citizen you are, my friend. So that's what we're diving into today. Actually, we want to talk about political views and the ministry leader. So as a ministry leader, obviously, as an individual, you're allowed to have political views and, and political preferences, candidates, you're supposed to vote, you know, all these different things. Are you allowed to share that, or in what ways is appropriate to share that as a ministry leader? So I want to. Yeah, are we allowed to get up and and talk about the candidates that we want to vote for and tell everybody to vote for that candidate? Right, and and, and why? Well, they're they're pro life or they're pro uh, pro immigrant, which is also pro life. You know, I mean, it's just so yep. yeah yeah. They're anti abortion, maybe whatever the stances are. There's a lot of dividing reality, and unfortunately, in our country right now, political discourse is ugly. It's ugly. Yep. It's divisive. Yep. We can't. Uh, Are you we can't. Me? Every single type of discourse is ugly. Oh, no. I mean, you can't say anything on, on social media without someone ripping into you. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, our discourse is not ugly. <laughs> even yeah, sometimes, even when Matt paints with absolutes, our discourse here stays. <laughs> hey, this is a, pla- a safe place. <laughs> this is a safe place. The last beacon of hope exists on this podcast. Thank you for joining us, listener. <laughs> so my question, Matt, is in sharing that, right, in entering into that realm of politics, we, we both agree that there's some ugliness that's going on. I don't want to bring that into ministry. Nope. So is it okay to even talk about politics in your role as a ministry leader? So in your role as a ministry leader, standing before whatever group of people you're leading in whatever context that is. Talking about political issues, absolutely, 100%. Necessarily backing or condoning a particular candidate, um, I would say in this, <laughs> with the politicians we have out there, there's no one that the church can back 100%. Um, you've got to be educated and know what the church teaches about all that stuff. So one of the things that Pope Francis has said recently, and this this is all around you know forming consciousness for faithful faithful citizenship, which you can find. Yeah, on. yeah. This is the Trump card. I did a Trump card the other day, not Donald Trump, but like a Trump card in a card. Is it the Trump card? Is this you're gonna just? I can't have any argument after you read a Pope quote. No, you can have a, a, a argument. Like what he says is, we absolutely need to be out there and participating in politics, and that needs to be part of what we do in ministry. I mean, he may not say that exactly. <laughs> but this is the quote. This is the quote. Okay, okay. We need to participate for the common good. Sometimes we hear a good Catholic is not interested in politics. This is not true. Good Catholics immerse themselves in politics by offering the best of themselves so that the leader can govern. And so that's from Pope Francis telling us to absolutely be involved in politics. That's not necessarily giving a whole lot of light into what that looks like in a ministry and what do we do taking that our politics into ministry. 
Um, but I would argue that you, we should absolutely be talking about political issues, especially those which the church has been pretty direct about with regards to her teachings and talking about those in your ministry settings, 100%. So in your group, Uh-oh. in your... I just did an absolute. I said 100%. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this, this was a safe space. What have you done? I'm sorry. So here, here's the tension. In, in the group, in your audience, in your you, the people you minister to, there's going to be some people that are on the left. There's going to be some people on the right, some red, some blue, some Democrats, some Republicans, you know, maybe one libertarian, whatever. There's going to be like this whole mix of people. And so wherever you land, they're going to feel like certain issues have been adopted by certain parties. Yep. And so if you're talking about care for the immigrant or... Um, care for the unborn, that's going to be on different sides of the political spectrum. But they're both Catholic. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you navigate that reality? Because we, we've done a pro-life night before. And in after the pro-life night, I received a phone call from a mother that said, my family has been Democrat for generations, and I do not appreciate you pushing a Republican agenda on my daughter. Wow. And, and like, what was your response? My response was both political parties have certain aspects of Catholic social teaching that they embrace, and both political parties have uh, growth areas in regards to that. Yeah, because that's true. I mean, and so you can't you can't stand up there and say the Catholic Church is Democrat or Republican. You just Correct. can't because because what what she teaches the beauty of her teaching is is not encompassed in either one of those parties. Yeah. But how? How do you go ahead and navigate that when you're talking about pro-life, right? Or you're talking about the moral issue of abortion. And I know you can just not say anything, but I believe that we need to go ahead and empower people to say that as a Catholic, a faithful Catholic, you need to utilize your role as a citizen in public discourse to help shape policy that reflects the church's position on abortion. Yep. And this is the church's position. Right, but some that. people would, quote-unquote, I'm reading between the lines, and you're basically telling me to vote Republican. Yeah, and, and that's, you're just going to have to deal with that. I mean, I think that's we are so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable that we, we don't talk, we don't speak, we don't teach. And we, we shy away from truth, especially in some of the touchier subjects, which is one of the reasons why in a previous podcast we talked about homosexuality and same-sex attraction, there's silence in the church on that. There's no discussion because they're so afraid of being uncomfortable. And so I think there's way too many topics that we are silent on because we're afraid of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think the best way to navigate kind of the political sphere is actually just to kind of walk them through the faithful citizenship document that the USCCB puts out. And so we can talk about how we as Catholics are called to engage in public discourse without telling them how to engage in public discourse and in all the other work that we do, help form their conscience so that when they engage in public discourse, they're doing it in a Catholic way. Yeah, and we need to do so with charity. And that's not easy to do, especially when... It's a, topic, it's a topic you're, you're passionate about. Whether it's abortion or immigration rights, you're passionate about these things because they're, they're important. The church wouldn't have teaching on them if they weren't important. Sure. Um, and so like being able to be passionate but also charitable in the conversation is, uh, yeah, that's hard. So when we're in front of the audience 
we need to make sure that we're focused on the church teaching, which includes the church saying you should be engaged in public discourse without endorsing a specific candidate or political party. And I would argue if you're going to have a night or have a session on the church and politics, what if you were to include multiple topics that went across all political parties? But they were all Catholic Catholic teaching. So you talk about abortion on the same night you talk about immigration rights, you know, different things like that. So that you're showing that this is the Catholic, this is what Catholics believe and the breadth of it, not just, you know, that which would be okay by one particular political party. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, I think that we need to be specific enough that the church teaching is honored but broad enough that we can go ahead and acknowledge that there, is, there are a number of issues that, that need to be considered. And of course, the, the document by the USCCB would reflect that reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if we're moving forward without ed, uh, endorsing any specific politicians or political parties, what about you as a ministry leader in your personal life, right? Yeah. Let's say you have, you know, you have your, your, your vehicle and you're taking uh, some youth to a retreat or something like that, and you've got a political sticker on your car, a, mm-hmm. a candidate that you ad- endorse or support, right? Even even right now, yeah. uh, there's a local election. I've got a sign in my yard. Yeah. Is is this okay as a, as a ministry leader? Because people know that I work at a church, yeah. right? Yep. And, and so, so what are your thoughts in regards to that? Yeah, I, I would argue that that's, that's your personal stuff. I mean, if, if you have that and you choose in your personal life to promote a particular candidate, that's entirely up to you. I always hesitate to do it, and I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know why I hesitate to do it, if it's because I don't really want to talk to people about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, You'd I rather don't... talk about Jesus. Yeah. There are things that I think are more important to talk about. So that was, that's what I would say. Is, is It's your car. I mean, you can stick whatever you want on it, you know, within reason. If you've got lewd stickers on your car, then that would be, eh, probably not for a youth ministry event. I don't know many lewd politician stickers, <laughs> right? You're right. So the, the question is, you are now driving a vehicle for a ministry event that has political stickers on it, and you're saying that that is okay. You, it's your vehicle. I mean, am I supposed to take everything off of my sticker just because I'm volunteering? If you don't want me to volunteer because I have the stickers on my car, then I'm not volunteering. I mean, if you're going to ask me to take the stickers off my car so that I can drive kids or, you know, do whatever, then I think that's, that's my right to say, never mind. I, I don't want to volunteer. Okay. And if you don't, I mean, if you don't want that car representing your ministry because of the stickers on it, don't ask them to volunteer. Okay. So I, I hear that, but there's certain situations where <laughs> this is my own political views coming through mm-hmm. where I'm okay if there's a sticker of this political candidate, but if there's a sticker of another political candidate, I'm like, that's a baby killer, right? Yeah. yeah. And this causes scandal in me personally mm-hmm. as the director of ministry. And I'm like, how can this person have, and, and it's probably because they have other issues that they consider more primary yeah. than, than the issue of life, which I often consider one of the most primary issues, you know? And yeah. so the document says that that's okay. If, if you have a difference in regards to what the primary issue is that you're voting in in the context of your 
scenario in your local area, but it can cause scandal. So I'll take I'll take the same question and ask it in a different way. So these no 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 I want to I want to stick with this for a sec. Okay, I go. think if if you have an objection to a sticker that's on one of your volunteers' cars or one of your participants and or one of your leaders, your co-leaders or whatever, and you would you would skip over them for a volunteer opportunity because of that. I think that is a great time to have a conversation with the person. Um, to actually talk to them about it and to say, hey, I have to admit that I'm hesitant to put you in a, a, a certain role because of this. Now, and that, that, that may be way too hard of a conversation to have. And that may usher in a whole slew of, I don't know, mess. But that's an opportunity for you to actually have a conversation with someone. But if we step back one, one layer back to our night where we taught on politics and the church, we made it very clear that we are not supposed to tell you how to vote. Exactly. We just want so, to help you form your conscience so that you can vote effectively. We can't tell you how to vote, but we can tell you what stickers to put on your car. And so that's the problem. Like It <laughs> seems like it's like conflicting. So um, here, here's, here's another one, and I feel like this is a really good question. Donald Trump, during his campaign, he had the slogan, Make America Great Again. And so oftentimes they have these hats, these red hats that have it in white lettering. They're called MAGA hats, M-A-G-A, MAGA. Mm -hmm. And so um, would it be okay to have a hat that is worn that says, Make America Great Again? It has no politician on it, right? It doesn't say Donald Trump or it doesn't say anything like that. But it's clearly, it's clearly focused on one political party and one specific politician, Donald Trump. However... Like, I believe that Jesus makes America great, right? I believe that faithful citizens and Catholics make America great. So the content of its message is not at all a contrary to anything that, yeah. that, we, that we've talked about so far. Yeah, correct. I mean, just because, uh, I mean, what it says, we all, we all agree with. We would love to make America great. But nobody will say that anymore unless they, <laughs> unless they support Trump because it has become so iconically connected to who he is. Sure. Him, especially the red, you know, hat. If you if you made him in blue, I wonder if that would be okay. If you had a blue hat that said "Make America Great Again," and you wore that, what kind of statement are you saying there? Yeah, I guess that. I don't I know like what you'd be saying hat. there. Yeah, no, I like the blue hat. <laughs> yeah. But I would say no. I would say you you cannot wear that hat in a ministry setting because of the political tensions that are around all of that. What if one of your volunteers or one of your participants was wearing the hat? Volunteers, I would say, you know, that you would have a conversation about them removing the hat. Um, that's really easy. Now, on the youth side of it, I would probably still say the same thing, but that would have to be handled with a lot more tact. I have, I have teens in my youth program that are scandalized by that hat mm -hmm. because they're Hispanic and they feel like um, the Make America Great Again slogan is basically saying, get out of my country and we're going to build a wall as you exit. Mm -hmm. That's how they feel, again, because of the divisive nature of the political scenario that exists in our country today. Yep. Like that, that's exactly where they're at and they feel like offended yeah. by that. And so I've run into this situation and, uh, and it, the, the core team member or the volunteer was just doing it as a punchline just to get under my skin. And then he put the hat away. He was like, I was just kidding or whatever. But there would be some teens that would be made uncomfortable in my youth program if that, if that happened, you know, 
And uh, that's an unfortunate reality. And I don't know how to navigate that other than just ask them to go ahead and put it away. But at the same time as Catholics, it's okay for us to be political creatures as well. And Pope Francis says that our uh, Catholicism needs to influence our politics, but our politics shouldn't influence our Catholicism. Yeah. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. There's a directional piece. And maybe that's why maybe the hat isn't appropriate, because it's the politics influencing the Catholicism. And that's the wrong, that's the wrong direction for things to go. I think, you know, we need to, as ministry leaders, we need to have politics be a part of the formation of whoever it is that we're forming and working with. Um, specifically in what, what does it look like to be Catholic and to be political? Um, and how can we navigate this with charity and love and in inclusion? When you see, no, start to notice things like that in your, in your group where you have people coming with this color of stuff and then next week you see people coming with the next color of stuff and it's like the tensions are rising, even if it's on a small scale, I would say it's absolutely time to have a conversation about what politics look like, what the Catholic Church teaches, and how we are on the same side you know, for humanity. And why it would be appropriate for you as an individual to go to a political rally or to help out with a campaign, but why it maybe wouldn't be appropriate for you to go ahead and hand out a bunch of permission forms to the teens because you're all going to the political rally together. Yep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because because it talks about formation of conscience, and we have to go ahead and act as, as a citizen out of our conscience. And that takes prayer and discernment. In regards to the issues that the church holds, um, the truths that the church holds, you know. Yeah. What go about ahead. from the pulpit? I mean, we, we only have a few minutes left, but what about from the pulpit? Clarify. Do you mean, can they go ahead and say abortion is wrong? Yes. Can they go ahead and say, hey, get out and vote for your Republican candidate? No. no. Yeah. No. Get, out and, and, get out and vote? Yes. Absolutely. Um, and, and then teach on the, the Catholic teaching. Um, and, and I would say do the same thing we've done here, or like as I was talking about it. Make sure that you cover all all aspects, not just well, that, one topic. That's I mean, impossible. You can't cover all. Cover you can't all. cover all, yeah. I know. But one topic, depending on who you are, is not the deciding factor. It is for me. <laughs> it is for you. Well, but, but every – okay, so yeah, back to that that question because, you know, some people are like, you shouldn't be a single-issue voter. And I think that everyone at the end of the day is a primary-issue voter. Right, yeah, that there's yeah. one issue or one deal breaker issue. If all of a sudden this person was like, "No, I'm going to go ahead and endorse that people should be able to marry six or seven different people at the same time," and you'd be like, "Nope, I value marriage too much for that. I'm going to vote for the other person." And yeah. that was a primary issue for you. So yeah. it, it it usually does come down to one thing that tips the scale one way or the other. But there is a lot that needs to be factored in and considered as we arrive at that destination. Yeah. To your point, the pulpit used to be the place yeah. that these things were discussed. And so if you go to Europe, the cities were built around the churches, not the capitals. Yeah. Right? Yep. The cities were built around the churches. There was a square outside the church that was often where the market and the, you know, the commerce and whatnot took place so that Jesus could come and turn those tables over if he ever had a second <laughs> coming. You know, we, we really like that verse, God. Come on. And uh, and so then, then everything would kind of flow from that center piece of faithfulness. Yeah. Everything. I mean, the cities were built for that to radiate from the church. And I think that that is a beautiful reality that is clearly lost. Yep. And now faithfulness or now your religion is something that 
that you do on a Sunday, like a, a club or a sports team or something like that. It's off to the side. And you're not allowed to bring it into politics. And, and you're not allowed to bring it into politics. And people are offended. And, and so I believe that, uh, that that is part of the challenge, that we did not create this problem, but we are existing in this problem. Yep. And we need to go ahead and not be afraid to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to let people know this is where we start. This, the church, our faith is where we start. Amen. We need to look at what was and help make what is reflect that reality. There you go. I like it. God bless America and God bless you. <laughs> I think it's also, and just one last thing as we kind of get ready to close up, but I think it's important that we also acknowledge the tension to let people know that this is hard, this is difficult, and we are going to go ahead and move forward in navigating this even though there's a broken reality to the system, there's a lot of division that exists out there, but if it's going to change, the Catholic Church can be an instrumental part of it. When you say the Catholic Church can change that, you mean the Catholics in the Catholic Church. Like, Correct. Because a lot of times we will sit back and wait for the church to do it. And you don't mean that. You mean no. the church, me. You know. Faith is not a noun, it is a verb. It has to be lived out. Yep. And it needs to be lived out within the church in regards to this whole scandal and, and, and fostering accountability and transparency, right? In the mm -hmm. church, we have some, some need for the Catholics in the Catholic church to go ahead and foster that. It needs to be lived out in the political sphere. There are more Catholics in the United States than there are votes that it took to get the last president elected. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just move in the same direction, we could transform. We could make America great. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and find a candidate and make a candidate that, that adheres to all of the Catholic teaching, not just yes. some of it. We would foster a, uh, a market for more faithful politicians. And I believe that there are many amazing politicians and even ones that, are, are, that I disagree with. I believe that their hearts are in the right spot. They're not out to do these horrible things. But there are some that get blinded by the power and the, the, the prestige that come along with, uh, with some political positions. Yep. Which is which is why I actually enjoy engaging in local politics way more than national and even state politics. I think the uh, the person who's going to be on your school board or the person that's going to be uh, helping govern your town or your city makes more of an impact on your day to day than whoever's your president or your senator. You know, and I think that that's that that's a good place to go ahead and start. Is don't don't start campaigning for a president. Start campaigning for like a local a local office. So. Yeah. I like that. All right, guys, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play, MLAPodcast.com. And please write us a review on iTunes. Share this with another ministry leader and subscribe. And get out there and vote. <laughs> <laughs> Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders, for our political leaders as well, and for those that seek to navigate the tension between the two. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.